What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Players Championship 2021 DraftKings preview with the Tour Junkies. DB here. I got Pat Perry with me. We're going to have a fun show tonight, as always. Now, I don't know if it's going to be as lit as last week's show, Pat. You tell me. I don't know how you're feeling. Um, it was your birthday. You mean as far as, yeah, it was my birthday, and, um, you know, I, I, I partook partaked mm-hmm. in a lot of drinks and uh you know what i feel like i might do that again tonight i don't know why i just Sweet. might do it again tonight well you are going to be taking a very special beverage here in just a moment but before we get into that the show is presented as always by our friends at fantasy national head over to fantasynationalcom slash tj and uh sign up for an account you get 20 percent off all your memberships there, weekly, monthly, or annual, you get 20% off as long as you're a member. Even if you switch back and forth between plans, you get to keep the 20% off discount. That's where we go for all of our PGA Tour stats, data, information, recent form, course history, strokes gain data, all these other stats, cool models, ownership projections for DFS, head-to-head matchup comparisons, simulators. If you're a golf betting guy or girl and you like some data, Fantasy Nationals where you got to go, and it's licensed data by the PGA Tour, so you know it's good, you know it's clean, which a lot of sites out there don't guarantee that. So we've been using Fantasy National for over four years now. Head to fantasynational.com slash TJ and get that 20% off discount, playa. Uh, man, I am pumped about the show tonight. We've a uh, we've got a guest coming on, which, by the way, producer Sam, he's probably going to need a new link. Um so we got a guest coming on in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking about the Players' Championship. We've got uh, the betting show is also going to be out. So if you're listening to this not live, the betting preview is also out in a separate show on YouTube as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm excited about the betting show just kind of splitting some things up here so we can dive deep into the DraftKings slate. we got a Millie Maker on DraftKings this week, Pat. Millie Maker, huh, huh? Nice, yeah. I I'm uh, looking forward to winning a million. Bum. Um, no, I'm not because I'm probably not going to even play it. I may, I may throw a lineup in there. We'll see. Um, you know, we do have to. We got to acknowledge that the uh, the overgrown golfer Bryson DeChambeau wins at twelve to one at Bay Hill over Lee Westwood. Ooh, Lee Westwood loses by a shot to Bryson. What a week. I mean, Bay Hill was, uh, was pretty good. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time recapping Bay Hill. There's plenty of places you can go to do that. But obviously, we got to acknowledge that uh, the Bryson did his thing. I mean, uh, look at this. Look at this. This is great overlay here. But look <laughs> at this. You know, uh, he wants to be in, a long, dri- in long drive competitions. That, that picture of him pointing to the sky, which I got to say was such a goofy. It was a very goofy point. Like, uh, if you're just being honest, I'm just being honest. You know, now... It, it was a great shot and, a, a, you know, exciting, all that good stuff. But that was just goofy. Was that not good? I know it's a Kyle Berkshire thing, but it just was goofy. Just this thing. I mean, it was a little bit goofy, but I, I didn't mind it. Like, I mean, did you, I thought the crowd being all amped up about it was pretty cool. And it was also just neat in general having crowds back at, at the event. I mean, you and the crowds you could actually hear and that were fired up and sounded like they were getting rowdy. I think they liked it. I think that kind of stuff is good for the game. You know, we talk about the, you know, things like gambling and DFS and all that kind of stuff and all the new fans that it brings to the game, which we want. I mean, that's what we want. And I think Bryson, there's a, there's just as much love him or hate him. 
He's a polarizing individual, that is for sure. But he brings new fans to the game. He brings some excitement. I didn't mind it. Yeah, it was a little bit of a goofy move. It was goofy. But it looked like I was still, you know, I was watching him. I was tuning in, trying to see what he was going to do on hole number six. It I looked, mean, it looked I bet like, you were. I was. It looked like the first thing you would do if you were like, if you were like at a concert and like you weren't paying much attention, like you were on your phone or something, and like Steve Miller band popped out and hit some guitar lick, and you just looked up from your phone, and were like, yeah. It looked it looked like that kind of move. It just looked real dad Steve in my Miller. in my monarchs, like just yeah, pointing up here. It just it just was a weird move. It should have been something a little more masculine for Bryson. I don't know, but um, that's all. That's the only critique I got for him. Interesting to see him pull that off on number six of Bay Hill. Our Nut Hut winner. We had our listener league. We have a new uh, listener making his way to the listener league finals with an opportunity to win a chance to come to Augusta, Georgia, play some golf with me and Pat. Uh, is Tim Myers at Hail Yeah, which I like that. I like that username at Hail Yeah. Oh, Tim, he is a nut. He's a long term, long time Nut Hut member. Long like time, Tim frequent man. time uh, in there, Nut Hut. His wife probably hates his Nut Hut membership. We got a lot of guys in there. Their significant other probably is not a big fan of their Nut Hut membership. Uh, in fact, I think you got in trouble with it last night, didn't you? You, you hit, you thought something. That, another dad move. You thought something was a gif, and you touched it, and it went off, and your wife got pissed or something. Yeah, I'm sitting there just laying in bed, and old crazy Marcus put some, you know, gif of, I can't even some remember crazy. what, I think it was John Michael Montgomery song or some <laughs> shit, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, this looks like a gif, I'm going to play it, and I hit play, and it just was loud as hell, so, I don't know, but it's, you know, whatever. Um, the Nut Hut's a good time. Listen, we have our guest picker waiting in the wings, and I don't want to keep him too long, but before, you know what, why don't we just do this together? Why don't we just bring him on for your penalty that you're about to have to pay? I think we should do that. Oh, you know, okay. let's right. uh, producer Sam. Let's go ahead and bring on the guest picker if he's ready. Hopefully, this works out better than last week. Let's bring on the beautiful, the handsome. He's in some man's bedroom. So that's a little boy's bedroom. <laughs> is that a manatee? What the hell is that? Oh, that's a dolphin. I think it's a, think it's a porpoise. That's a thick porpoise, man. That is a thick <laughs> porpoise. Look at that porpoise. That's a big old boy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Swedberg, caddy for Mr. Ryan Moore, and very handsome devil. Uh, he's appeared on this podcast a couple times. Brett, thank you for coming on. Um, how you thank doing, you buddy? Having me. I'm doing good. Uh, I got good company out here this week at Jacksonville Beach. Staying with Fleener and Gino. I oh. uh, just had dinner with the boys and back at the, the house for the week. Oh, wow. What was on tap for dinner? What'd you guys have? You, you uh, had dinner with the defending players champion, uh, Mr. Aaron Fleener. He is. Yeah, we're trying to get a press conference for him out here this week. It hasn't happened yet, but Gino's, Gino's working on it. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, we had, man, what was it called? Smokehouse barbecue or something like that? Gino loves some barbecue. I feel, like when, I feel like we ate no, there. Valley Smoke Restaurant. It was unbelievable. Yeah, mm. really good. Mm. Uh, Brett, you know, before we get into this course stuff, we, we thought we'd bring you on early. You know, you actually, I think it was you, talked us into doing a ranch water shot last (laughs) year uh, like actual ranch dressing and water which i had to do and it was one of the grossest things i've ever done uh but pat lost a bet last week i i've actually won two bets in a row two prop bets in a row which is unbelievable i was on a really bad run for a long time i've won two in a row this is definitely a worse penalty than the one before but uh i said billy horschel would suck last week and you should fade him the irons were garbage, and what happens? We see Billy Horschel throwing clubs in the air. 
missing cuts, yeah. trunk slamming on Friday. Pat disagreed, so he has to pay the penalty tonight. Pat, you have to take a, a shot of alcohol from a shoe. So I will mm. let you take it away, and me and Brett can just commentate and ask questions. <laughs> okay, is this, well... Is um, this a worn shoe? Yeah. Yeah, this is, you'll, you'll see. I mean, it, is, <laughs> it, was, it was worn just a couple days ago. Um, not today, though. But, you know, here's the thing. Billy Horschel, what the hell? He's never missed the cut at, at the Arnold Palmer. And then he does it for me when I bet on him. I, I was just, I was a little bit pissed about that. But anyway, I got this uh, Vulcan tequila. tequila. Okay. Never had it before. As a matter of fact, I just opened this thing. Mm. That's actually good so, stuff. How much, how much was that bottle? Is that a good bottle? I have, I have no uh, clue. A listener sent that to us, actually. Which yeah. more listeners should send us bottles of liquor. So I'm going to make this official. I have a shot glass. So I'm going to fill this up all the way. I'm not. I'm not skimping here. Okay. Mm. Is that just a silver or reposado? What is that? It is a. It says Blanco. Blanco. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eight six three says shoot the boot, baby. Here we go. Eight six three came on YouTube. We decided we're gonna have use a golf. Oh, shoe. Wow. very nice. Very nice. Okay. Let me see I you pour it in. You gotta hold shoe. it up now. I played. I played this last Friday. With this golf shoe, man, um, imagine the speed and rotation so that great. golf shoe has, okay. has felt. I feel like I need to dump it quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it might get everywhere. Yeah, so, link- <laughs> oof, okay. oof. So gross. All right, I'm not gonna let it fester in that shoe <laughs> for too long. So here we go. Oh, wow, <laughs> he put his mouth on it. Oh, my god, yeah, he did. <laughs> you put your mouth on it. Oh, oh that's terrible. Sam- <laughs> Producer Sam says those look like Billy Ho's golf shoes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, dude, you put your mouth That's pretty on good. That? Oh, hey, I mean, I'm going all in. There's a little grass on the end there. Oh, little uh, god, a little mm. fungus among us up in that thing. That's gross, man. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, hey, man. No, the fungus is gonna die. I mean, the tequila is gonna kill any fungus and stuff. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I'm you didn't let it sit that. in there long that's enough bad. for that, though. I, I don't think you got a no cap, dog. No cap. You know, we're trying to use some new language here. Um, Brett. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. You good? You I'm ready? Well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, tell us about this golf course. You know, tell us about how you're feeling. Tell us about the buzz in Ponte Vedra. One year ago, we were all, you know, getting yeah. ready to, you know, to, to oomch, oomch, or Pat's calls it oomch, oomch, uh with the chain smokers, you know, <laughs> we were getting ready for that and the whole world fell apart. Yeah. Um, so we're back. Yeah, dude. There's fans. It's the PJ Tour flagship event. Talk to us, brother. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting. There's yeah, I wasn't out last week at Bay Hill, but I watched a little bit on T and it's good to have fans back. There's definitely gonna be a different feeling. Um and last year was the first time I had caddied at Sawgrass and we only got one round in, so that was kinda of disappointing. And obviously, as we know, things kinda of changed, but no, it's good. It's, it's a year later and golf course is great condition. Uh fairways are gonna be pretty soft, rough up, not up like last week. Uh, and the greens are great. They're obviously perfect all the time, and they'll get firm as the week goes on. So, yeah, great golf course. So you're saying it's a little soft in the fairways, huh? Yeah, a little bit, yep. Overseed stuff? Like, talk to us about all that. Cause, and there's a lot of stuff going on on Twitter. Everybody's freaking out about overseed, and the, is it really also on the greens? Is it really putt like Bermuda, or is it a little more bent poa in there? Talk to us a little bit about that overseed yeah, stuff. Yeah, a little more bent poa. I mean, it's typical overseed, so... 
yeah, it's just going to be a little bit tougher to get the, the golf course as fast and firm as it was. And it was when it was played in May, but um, so it's just going to play a little bit longer. That's really the biggest deal. And, you know, I think you're going to have a little bit more consistent lies in the rough with ryegrass and than it was with Bermuda. Um, still going to be penalizing, obviously, with the greens being firm. But, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, anyone can still play well, but obviously you're going to favor guys, like any golf course pretty much going to favor guys that hit it far. So. Talk about these greens a little bit more. Um, you know, I do know that they can be a little bit slopey, but as far as how they putt, you know, obviously most of the year they are, you know, Bermuda, but now that, you know, we're kind of coming out of winter, overseed, all that kind of stuff. Do they tend to put, look and putt a little more like bent? Is that how yeah. it feels to you or are they I true like that? Yeah. I mean, they're not as true with it being overseeded, but it's going to, they roll yeah, more like bends, I would I would say, and they are going to you know cut them and roll them, so it's and they're not going to be as grainy, if really any grain. So yeah, it's I would say it's more uh, more like you know Midwest golf course as far as the greens what? go, and obviously down in the Southwest with Arizona, they do the same out there in the yeah uh, in the winters. Yeah, what about scrambling around these greens? I mean, it, it I feel like you know just from walking the course last year, I actually walked it with you and Ryan for a few holes and. And some other folks. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. It was great. It was a great moment for me. Wait, what was it? Was it number? What number? Five? Fourteen? No, it was back nine. Back nine? Was it? Yeah. I I fourteen fairway. I just remember when we caught eyes. Yeah, me too. For the first first time. No, he was looking at me. I mean, definitely looking at me. No, I, I think he was looking at me. I think he was looking at me. <laughs> okay. Um, I do have a lazy I have a lazy eye, so I could have been looking at both of you. <laughs> I had the good eye. The good eye was definitely on me. I know, I do know that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you caught my D B. I did feel like though these greens though, you know, they're you know, you gotta scramble around these things. And if you're not yeah. if you're not scrambling well this week, I feel like you're gonna have some problems. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like any golf course, you just can't miss on certain sides. I mean, you short side yourself out here with the green getting firm, you're going to be dead. So yeah, if you miss on the right spots, you can st- still get up and down, but um, yeah, still need to hit fairways and greens. That's a premium as it was last week too. Is it a little easier to chip on, to chip around the green yeah. when you have the, the overseed coming through? You don't have the grainy Bermuda. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. I mean, from just even my playing experience, I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, so it was all kind of like, bent or you know bluegrass or whatever it was oh, in the rough is always a yeah. mix or a mixed bag but out of bermuda is just tricky it's just super inconsistent you got to hit like kind of more shots that are feeling like bunker shots so you kind of they come up dead sometimes come up top of the face so i would say overall it's definitely easier shipping out of like ryegrass you know you look at the uh the weather forecast looks perfect for you boys. Yeah, it does. absolutely perfect i think scoring yeah you know, you talked about a little bit softer golf course, even though, you know, the greens, you can probably count on being firm and, and, and fast, like you said. Where do you, yeah, where, do, there. where do you see the winning score kind of falling? Or, or maybe too early oh, to tell. Man. We won't hold you to it, but where do you uh, think? It's probably too early to tell. I don't even want to put up a number right now. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I don't I don't know what the wind is going to be. I haven't seen the wind, though. I mean, if it, it cha- everything changes if it's blowing 15 to 20, so I'm not yeah. going to put a number. There's nothing projected now. Like I haven't seen so much. There, yeah. There's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. So I haven't seen much. What about talk about your boy Rymo, man? Ryan Moore uh, had his best finish at the Players Championship last or in 2019 with a T20. Yeah, 
Uh, how's he yeah, playing? Was, I know you guys have been working on some putting stuff. How's that going? Yeah, no, he's he's feeling a lot better. He had a, he was injured in the fall. He had a, a strained back. He's kind of been dealing with that for a little while. So he took some time off to get that healed up. And I mean, we took off and almost four months, I think, from competition because he had to pull out of the Northern Trust first round of the playoffs last year um, and then didn't play again until uh, the American Express. And you're just shaking a little bit of rust off, no matter how good you are, you take that much time off and kind of unsure how you're going to feel, you know, swinging a little conservative, maybe not going after stuff. It just takes a little bit of time. And he played, he played fine. He just made a couple bogeys where he never would and even made a couple doubles, which never happens. And, and then, you know, miss a few putts here and there. And all of a sudden you miss a cut by one. And, uh, but he played well, he played fine at Pebble. I mean, uh, by glass is tough. Played that in the second round. It was, Windy greens are tough, tough hole locations, but you know, I think we finished 26. So it's, we're trending in the right direction. He feels good. Swinging really good. And just trying to keep it simple with the putter, trying to just make sure our alignment's good and ball position's good and go from there. Love it. If, yeah. uh, if Ryan, so, so let's see this. It, Ryan wins the golf tournament. Who do you think finishes okay. second come Sunday? I can't say Joel Damon. You can't say Joel Damon. Okay. I, no, I or J, or JT Poston. You're not allowed to say JT Poston. Or, J, or JT. Okay. Um, gosh, that's such a great question. Um, we're professionals, Brett. I know. I know. You They're saw our show so last good. week. We're very. The we're field very... is pretty strong. I don't yeah. know if you knew that or not. Yeah. Um, they tell me that they actually. So... Think it is. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, let, me check. let me check my. Notes. I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. This is not. Uh, okay. A uh, Willie. Uh, Willie F and Z, Will Zalatoris. Oh, I like that. Dang, dude. Yeah. You think the young kid gets it done at the players? At the players, he's, Brett? Willie he's really, Z? He gets it so good. <sighs> Buddy. Okay. I love a little biased. I know, I know his, his swing coach is Troy Denton. He teaches Ryan as well. So a little biased there. But. Well, I mean, praise God for Troy Denton. He's, he's making a name for himself. Freaking <laughs> Willie Z is incredible. I'm not saying he's not yeah. incredible, but the... Man, the 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 win! Huh? This is his seventh event in a row. Seventh event. Yeah, he's young. He doesn't have. I mean, he, he is just young. Plays golf and loves golf. Dude, I played eighteen holes yesterday and walked, and I I hurt like, like, old like old people would say like the Dickens it's, when I woke up. No, this it is like the Dickens. Are you? How old are you? You're not forty four. No, you? I'm thirty seven. Dang. Mm. Why did you Why did you bring Sorry, up 44, 44, Brett? Like, why did you have to bring <laughs> that number? Pat. Isn't that your lucky number, 44? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that, Brett. No, you don't look a year over 45, so you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Swedberg, is Fleener, no. is Fleener or, jo- or Gino right there? Are they listening to you? Are they, like, doing dances? No, I don't dances? know. They might be doing something weird outside What are you guys going to do after this? After you get off of this, what's on, what's on, on deck? Are you guys going to... Um, We'll have a couple beers together. Yeah, there's. Um, I just met the other guys in the house. I, I I'm not sure they caddy for, but um, yeah, they bought like these tall boys. So I think we'll have oh, a couple yeah. of those and just kind of relax. And but it's it's tough traveling east because I've got uh, you know a couple hours. I'm going to wake up at you know six thirty or seven, which is going to feel like four thirty uh, or five. So well, I'll I'll keep it pretty tame this week. I think the podcast sure will you know. the podcast will be published by then. You can just listen to that. If uh, okay. if one of the people in your room or in your house happens to be Siwoo Kim's caddy, just hit the link and get back in here and let's talk to. I want to talk to Siwoo Kim's caddy. Okay. <laughs> All right, deal. Brett Swedberg, 
thank you, man. We appreciate you coming on the, the podcast. We're going to have you on again. Uh, thanks good. for thanks for being so handsome, and um, you know, we really <laughs> appreciate that. I'm glad there's fans out Don't there this week. That. I'm glad there's fans out there this week that could lay eyes on you, and uh, you and you and Ryan go get it done, and we'll we'll see Thank Ryan you. Moore and Willie Z one and two. Troy Denton will be a, a happy man. Yeah, yes, he will. <laughs> thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Brett. See you, Brett. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Swedberg, PJ Tour caddy for Ryan Moore. Good guy. All around good guy, very funny guy. Um, just a, a a pistol of a guy. Um, Pat, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the golf course. But before we do, I got to talk a little bit about one of your favorite things, and that's wine. You know, you are the fantasy golf sommelier. I don't know if people know this, but you are. You have a video that comes out on our YouTube channel every week that's funny and informative. Um, I don't know how well your picks did last week, but if they had Billy Ho, it probably sucked. So. But I don't think they had Billy Ho. I, I, I did. I was good on the fade. Um, who now? I can't remember who the fade was. Somebody could remind me. But the other picks weren't that good. Anyway, okay. go well, good. Uh, our friends at Wine Access continue to support the Tour Junkies podcast. And we would ask you, if you're a Tour Junkies listener and you like wine, then support Wine Access. They're, they're hooking you up with a deal, okay? And there's so many different reasons why you should be checking out wineaccess.com slash tour not just to get the deal, but all the stuff that they do. They've got, uh, you know, I've, I've, I like having a new bottle of wine to kind of look forward to, you know, something new, something fresh, something that's never hit my tongue before is always nice. I like to try the rare bottles. I hear that this thing called Michelin Star is a big deal. So I can get a Michelin Star favorite if I want, all kind of fantastic wines that I would have never known about. Or I can just get a, you know, a $15 hitter that's like really good, kind of that, you know, that, that price like a Sutter Home tastes like a Camus Fantasy Golf mm-hmm. Sommelier uh, wine hitter. My latest discovery is one that you talked about the other week uh, from Wine Access, the 2019 Lorenza Rosé, California. Pat, you've, you've done this. It's, it was the Wall Street Journal's top pick of the year in 2017, and now in 2019 it's even better. You, you tried that one, huh? You like it? Yeah, I mean, well... All rosés are pretty much good. I mean, if you unless you yeah. just get some really cheap rosé, but this stuff is really good. It's a, I mean, it's got this kind of raspberry mm. honey honeydew. Ooh. It's got some lavender. Hey, yeah. it's got lemongrass. Okay, so here's the thing with lemongrass. If I don't even know what lemongrass is, but I feel like it should be in my rosé. Oh, if I'm yeah. gonna have, if I'm gonna have a rosé, it better have some lemongrass in it. Oh, well, it better have some kind it. of grass in it, you know, lemon it, it prefer- should have preferably. And it's got some lemongrass, and I like it. And let me tell you something. Here's some. This is part of the actual tasting notes from Wine Access. Mm. Okay, this is the perfect cocktail wine for the patio pounder. Okay, that's me. I'm a patio pounder. Wow. Okay. DB, you've seen it happen Aggressive. before. You've seen. You've I've never seen, seen, me seen you pound, pound anything on the patio. I've never seen you do. No, that. but but you've seen me pound some rosé. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I have seen yeah, that. yeah. I'm not pounding. Yeah, pounding rosé. That means you're drinking. Okay. You're drinking Got it really it. fast. Yeah. I don't know where what else you're talking about, but yeah, pounding rosé is drinking it fast. Or if you're the pool, so here's here's the the poolside sipper. Okay, that might be your wife. She might be a poolside sipper. Likes to sip on a little rosé there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I like that. It's a good one. It's a good one. I love it, man. So trust us. You're going to love Wine Access like we do. Make sure you try that Lorenza Rosé California before they run out. We've got an incredible offer to get you started. It's 20% off your first order, only available 
through our special URL, wineaccess.com slash tour. The discount will be applied at checkout. Again, that's 20% off your first order and see some of our favorite wines. Go right now to wineaccess.com slash tour. All right, Pat. Well, I mean, you know, the course breakdown, it is what it is. We talked about it with Brett. This is, uh, this is TPC Sawgrass. Everybody knows. Pete Dye track, uh, you know, par 72, seven, 70, almost 7,200 yards. It's, a, it's, it's one we're all familiar with, right? Only thing going on today is everybody nutting the hell up about what, how the greens are going to go, okay? Uh, Pat, anything you want to add to what Brett said or, or emphasize to what Brett said in terms of the, uh, the course breakdown? No, I mean, I think um, just adding a few things here. Let's, let's talk semantics a little bit here. You mentioned par 72, 7,200 yards. We got, you know, 156 players in this field. I think there's actually 154 right now, but T65 and ties will make the cut. So it's a pretty hefty field. There's a lot of players in here, but uh, obviously some great players, a great field. I do think they're going to get these greens. He mentioned, you know, they – the course, I think, is going to be pretty soft as far as the fairways and everywhere else. The yep. rough isn't going to be all that penal. But the greens are going to be pretty quick, and they're going to be pretty firm as well. So I think that's something to look at. Also, I think it's important what he mentioned about, you know, they, they tend to roll a little more true like Dent. Um, for me, with a lot of water on this course, I think you can look at things like bogey avoidance and stuff like that. You got to keep it in the fairway here. You got to hit these greens. And you just got to be very consistent and you just can't make a whole lot of mistakes. Just like we saw last week. I don't think it's going to play quite as tough as last week, especially Sunday. I mean, that was ridiculous yesterday. Loved it. I mean, it was a very tough course and I, I, I loved it too, but only what two or three players were under par. I thought that was actually pretty cool, but again, it was very tough. Um, I do want to look at the stats of, you know, I talked about strokes gained approach. I think ball striking. I do think scrambling makes a difference, not because of what you're talking about. It is easier around these greens as far as the surface is concerned. You don't have the the crazy lies and what you might get with Bermuda. But I do think with the slope of these greens, that is a tougher you know, scrambling course as far as it's not just like straightforward. It's not very flat greens that you can just, you know, it's very easy to chip around. I do. I mean, we walked this course last year. I mean, if you miss the greens, it's not like you have an easy chip. Look, now, there we are. It, there it, we are putting out the vibe on 18. Look at us. Pat, look at you. Am I wearing like tight pants dude, or something? Look at like, your ass on, in dude? that. Damn, looking like a snack in the fairway. Dude, that was Bless before you, you had the uh that was before you had that Ted Cruz though. That was before you didn't have a beard, you had a swoop. But dang, Shawty would have seen you from the back. She she'd have been approaching you uh, right there. I was I was a little more thick then. Uh, damn. Okay, um, we gotta get that off the screen anyway, before we get taken down off of YouTube. Anyway, I do need to mention past champions because I, I like to talk about this. And we're going to talk with about 2020 last year. Our past champion was Aaron Fleener. Yes. Uh, and yes. Uh, his score was two feet, nine inches. Which he told uh, us and today it, is equal to about 11 uh, penises is what he said, I think. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure. So Fleener is your 2020 players champion, two feet, nine inches. 2019 was Rory McRory at 16 under. Webb Simpson in 2018 at 18 under. Siwoo! Mm. 10 under in 2017. Jason Day, 15 under in 2016. And Ricky Fowler Ricky in 2015, Flower. 12 under. Ricky Flower. Um, Ricky Flower. Yeah, so, all right. Basically, man, this is what I'm doing. And maybe you, you put this in the comments. 
I don't give a rip about putting stats this week. I'm throwing all the putting stats out the window. Bermuda, bent, poa, fast, I don't know. I'm throwing all of it out the window. I don't care. I'm going ball striking. This is about, this is Pete Dye. Be patient. Have a little bit of experience because we do know this from past, uh, from past conversations with caddies. Experience tends to matter on this golf course because a lot of it is due to the sight lines and the room off the tee. We've got caddies tell us in the past that you know young guys tend to not realize how much room they have out there, or inexperienced players tend to not realize how much room they have in the fairways, and the Pete Dye sight lines mess with people. I like a little bit of experience. I, I want to see strokes gained off the tee. I don't care if it's distance, if it's accuracy. I'll take a super accurate player that pounds fairways, but I'm not afraid of a bomber either this week. Um, and it's all about approach play and opportunities gained for me, which is the, the proprietary fantasy national stat, uh, really scoring heavy stat for DraftKings, looking at DraftKings scoring as well. Um, yeah, I just, I don't care. I'm not going to evaluate the putting stuff. I mean, if you look at winners here, I mean, look at Siwoo Kim, who, who historically is God awful on Bermuda. He's terrible on Bermuda and he won this. He won, he won, he won at 500 to one. He won this thing. Siwoo Kim, we go home now. He won. I just I don't I don't think the 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 putting here in, in this time of year it's just too I don't even want to mess with it I'm tired of hearing about it I don't want to mess with it in fact this is a great opportunity for a, a YouTube comment let's have a YouTube comment if you're betting or you're playing DFS how much are you weighing putting any sort of putting stat put it in the comments on YouTube or are you are you with me are you not weighing it whatsoever you're not even going to look at it it's all about ball striking all about tee to green. Tell us in the comments. Leave a comment. It helps us out. We'd appreciate if you leave a comment. It helps the show. It helps the algorithm. Go ahead. Comment for the algorithm. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the like. All that kind of stuff. We need you. We need you. You can make a difference. We need to comment. So are you going to weigh putting stats or are you not? If you are going to weigh them, how much are you going to put? Are you going to weigh them like 10%, 20%? What you going to do? I don't care. I'm not messing with it. So you won't hear me say anything about it. Uh, other than... Well, no, you won't hear me say anything about it. You may hear me say one thing about it. I'm just going to go ahead and put that disclaimer out there. So that's, that's me. Ball striking. Do you know, do you know how striking. you make birdies? Yeah, you got to make putts. I understand that. But we're talking about the predictive, power of, uh, the predictive power of putting stats, which already aren't great. So even when I do weigh them, I don't weigh them super heavy. I want the ball strikers. That's all I care about. And I'm just going to hope the putts fall. Is that okay? okay? Is that okay with you? Yeah, I mean, hope is a great, a great way to to look at things. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into this. Let's get into the DraftKings slate, the DraftKings picks, Pat. I'm excited about it. We got some time. We can kind of wade in these waters. Let's take a look at the top end of the DraftKings range, the nine k and above range. Now, I did because pricing came out early. We've already got a little bit of a beat on ownership projections. And, you know, this, this tier starts with DJ, obviously, at 11-2, which, uh, yeah. And then you got Rom, Rory, you got the big guns. Now, keep in mind, Brooks Kepka has withdrawn at 10-1, citing a knee issue last week at Bay Hill. It does happen to be the opposite knee that he's had problems on before. Not sure if that's good or bad, or maybe both, but Brooks Kepka is not in the field. And then you got Justin Thomas, Bryson, Webb, Morikawa, Hovland, Cantlay, Finau, and Captain America Patrick Reed rounding out the 9K and above range. I think I went ahead and took a peek at early ownership projections, which normally we don't get to do when we record on a Monday night because they're not out, because pricing's only been out a few hours. But because it came out early, I went ahead and took a look. 
it it definitely appears that in terms of GPPs, obviously a lot of you are probably playing the Millie Maker on DraftKings or other big tournaments. It does appear that the popular move to start is going to be, let me roster three guys in the 9K and go from there. Or there's also, you know, the let me give me one 10K, one 9K, go from there. It, I, I, I'm looking at it, though, and I just think, looking at this range, there is so much win equity. Obviously, it's the strongest field in golf. So much win equity. You can't avoid this range. I, I think that that's probably very simple. Some of you are listening to this going, well, well duh. But, but sometimes we look at a field and we look at a tournament and, you know, you say, hey, you could, you could make a kind of a, a cute DFS lineup in a big tournament, have some ownership leverage, and go, go fade the 9K range altogether and the 10K range altogether. This is not one of those weeks. You got to have people up here. There's too much win equity in it. You got to do it. But because there's so many good names up here, Pat, I feel like we're going to have like two or three guys that are 20%, maybe to 25. And then after that, it's going to drop off. We're just not going to have a ton of chalk here, I don't think. I think there's going to be a lot of guys in the mid-range because there's so many names. So all that to say, I don't know how, I don't, like even though ownership always matters and leverage always matters, I, I just, we got 150 plus players here. There's going to be lower uh, six of six, you know, percentages, uh, six of six cuts, whatever I'm trying to say. I just, I don't know that I'm going to care as much, actually. I think I'm just going to play the guys I love to play, I want to play, that I feel best about, get my six of six through, and go from there. I don't think I'm going to be too wrapped up about ownership in 9K and above. What do you think? I actually agree. I was, I'm kind of surprised you said that, but I, I, uh, when I looked at some of the earlier ownership projections and I'm like you, I don't really look at them all that much on Monday, but we've had a little, you know, we've had the pricing out, like you said, for a little bit. And I think it's a little more spread out, but it's spread out, meaning there's like five or six guys that you see in that 20% range up here. And it's so I'm, I that immediately made me think, okay, well, I'm just going to play, like you said, the guys that I like, and then I'll try to find some, you know, differentiators in the, in the lower price ranges. I just don't think that, you know, you're really going to gain that much edge on the field for a lot of these players over 9K. I mean, some of them you will, but I, I think you, there's some also that you can't avoid that are going to have higher ownership. And so, I mean, in a, in a tournament like this, we've seen it. I mean, year in and year out. I mean, this is one of those tournaments where we get like the top 10 players in the world are probably going to have a, you know, the best chance to win easily. We've yeah. seen them win. We don't see that many outliers like Siwoo and whatever else. I mean, we really don't. I think, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. We don't. Siwoo's a, a rare one there. I, I guess the only move I would completely avoid from an ownership standpoint if you're playing in a tournament, is if you were to play like the three most popular 9K guys. If you were to say, okay, I'm going to do a lineup with, I'm going to start my lineup with three guys in the 9K, and I'm, I'm going to play the, whoever the three more popular ones are based on projections. If you did all three of those, I think you're going to, that, that's going to be tough. Um, but other than that, I, I think it's fair game to, to play just about any combo, any of these guys, because I just don't think you're going to be eating up that much of ownership because it's just so so spread out um but yeah i mean even justin thomas is a good example here justin thomas is a guy that we've seen very spotty form lately he's um he's been dealing with a lot the what i didn't even kind of broke up he's been dealing with a lot but yeah 
Yeah. He's been dealing with a lot. He had a terrible first round at the WGC, you know, a couple weeks ago, but then brought it back. He fought back hard. Um, he's projected to be the highest known player right now. Yeah. Well, so, but- and, and you would have thought that really going into this week. So, I mean, and that's going to change. But I'm just saying that if, if he is at 9,900, which is a low price for JT, yeah, then it's going to be hard projecting a lot of these guys for one as we go into the, as we get later in the week, and also it just means that a lot of these guys are still going to have higher ownership. You got to pick the ones that you want to play. Go with those guys. Don't worry about the ownership in the 9K and above range. Really, I would say more like 90. Well, actually, all of these guys, and and just just go with and then. Then, then you're going to have to try to pick better players in the eight and seven k range. All right, let's let's talk about the picks. You mentioned JT. He's he's obviously one that jumped out for me because I just think, man, that's a lot of win equity and a super talented player um, like Justin Thomas, who's got a great record here. I mean, it's not fant- it's not amazing, but it's solid. I mean, a T three in 2016, a T eleven in 2018, he can win the Players Championship without a doubt. Um, and at 9,900, you get so much salary relief to have a player like him. You know, obviously the Brooks Kepka withdrawal maybe moves some people down to, to JT, probably a lot more so than it would move them up to Xander. Uh, so I think JT's a great play. I like, I like the JT play, but I think he's going to be the probably one or two or three most popular plays out there. So it, again, it just depends on what you decide to do in terms of lineup construction. Um, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play Rory this week. I'm going to play Rory at 10, six. I, you know, I, I, I liked what I saw at Bay Hill, T10 at Bay Hill. Uh, obviously, he's, I guess, well, Aaron Fleener's your defending champ, but he's your, you know, Roy McIlroy, previous champ, 2019. Uh, you know, I, I think this place moving to March, which 2019 was the first year that it moved to March, only helps guys like Rory. Great drivers of the golf ball. They can hit it long and straight, hitting from the fairways into these greens and having the shortest clubs possible, being able to control the ball, control the spin, get it on the right tier, be aggressive in the right spots. Um, I, I think this is a perfect place for Rory uh, to, to, to play him here at 10-6. I feel like that's a good value as well. I'm going to roll with it. So Rory and JT for me, he's coming off a T10 and a, and a T6 at the WGC as well. And then, I, I mean... The 9K range is tough. I, I, I'm, I'm drawn to one of the first-timers in Morikawa, but I think I'm going to use up some first-timer tokens and lack-of-experience tokens somewhere a little bit lower in the tier or, or in the pricing, and I'm going to go with Webb at 9,500. I feel like Webb is solid, old faithful here, uh, another former champion. Great whether the, the course is playing long, whether it's playing firm whether it's grainy Bermuda or putting like Bermuda or not, doesn't matter. Webb is perfect for this spot. Uh, his caddy, Paul Tesori, lives here. I mean, they know this place like the back of their hand. The, all the experience in the world is there for Webb. T6 in Mexico is last time out. I, I, I absolutely love Webb, and I, I think the $9,500 price tag, again, gives me tremendous win equity. So th- those are probably my three favorites to start off this range. And I'm going to fade the guy who's probably going to be the lower-owned play. So, you know, I think a lot of people are going to fade him, and it's Patrick Reed. He pissed me off last week. I had a ton of Bryson in, in DFS because I ended up seeing all the ownership move off of him, and I had all this Bryson, but I paired him with Reed. I did all these Bryson-Reed combos. He misses the cut. Um, 
but he's just he, the iron plays catching up to him a little bit. And I don't think Sawgrass is one of those places where he can get away with it as easily. I don't I don't want to see him grinding his way and chipping all over the place. I don't want to see that. And he doesn't have a great record at Sawgrass. It it, it speaks to that. And the, this is the one time I'm going to mention Bermuda. Uh, it's it's his worst surface historically. Um, and his best finish here is T22 in six tries. And in all six of those tries, he's never putted well. Never. He's he's been he's been. I think he had one decent year where he gained a decent amount of strokes for him on the putting surfaces here. So something about these greens he doesn't like. The iron's not there. Even though he's you get some relief at nine k. Even though he's going to be low owned. I just love the way all these other guys are playing. It's tough to find a, a reason to fade anybody other than him right now. So I'm out on Reed. Well, that's interesting because my fade was Patrick Reed also. So we have we some agreement there. last week, I guess. And, and I got to say, I'm Recency looking over bias. the chat here, which, which tends to distract me at times. And I'm already getting Shock. the question, which comes every single week in the Nut Hut on Wednesday night, who my chalk bomb is going to be. Okay. <laughs> Ben writes the chalk bomb. First off, it's great stuff. If you haven't subscribed to the chalk bomb, you need to. Ben not only but, writes it, it, but people need to know. Ben selects the chalk bomb. Yeah. He, he, he does not consult us on the chalk bomb portion. He does not, he does not consult us. So we, people email us all the time. Oh, you said you were going to play him on the podcast, and he was the chalk bomb. Well, I didn't pick him. There are three of us here. Your job is to navigate each time the three of us are right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you do that correctly, then you are doing better than most. But I will say I will not give my chalk bomb until the nut hut on Wednesday night. So I don't have one right now and I haven't had enough time to look at the ownership. But anyway, I'm with you on Patrick Reed. He was my fade this week. Now I'm going to start start at the very top. I like Dustin Johnson in GPPs. I will play him as a tournament play. I think mm. his ownership's probably going to be high. Just like I said, it's probably going to be around like 20% or something like that. But you look at it, I mean, he's played this course well in the past. I mean, all the stats check out. Strokes gain approach, he's top 10 in the field. Scrambling, he's third in the field. He's 11th in ball striking. He's fourth in bogey avoidance. I mentioned you've got to avoid some of those big scores this week. And I think that Dustin Johnson is just like, he's had such a fantastic year. He's won the Masters. He's done almost everything he could possibly do in the last like year and a half. I think this is just one of those like he would it's, it's like it's not necessarily icing or, or or the cherry on top, but I just feel like he's really motivated to do well this week, and I love him at eleven two. And I still think you can get some good lineups together yeah. if if you pay up for them. So I'm okay with some DJ at eleven two. My next guy was Webb. I actually dropped down straight from DJ all the way down to Webb at ninety five hundred. So I'm with you there. I will say this. Xander's looking interesting to me as far as the ownership. Yeah. I think Xander is going to be one of the lower-owned guys yeah. in that 10K. Well, he will be the lowest-owned guy in the 10K-plus range, but I really like what I'm seeing with him. But I'll just say Webb is a guy that I love. And then Tony Finau at 9,100. He's another guy we've just seen play so good week in and week out. I mean, the stats check out. His form checks out. Everything is good for Tony Finau to have another good week. This and we're getting him at ninety one hundred. All right, I, you know ownership. I don't care. I don't care if he wins. Just keep finishing in the top five, Finau. That's what you do every week. So I'm okay with it. I'll say this too about Tony. I, I, I was looking at his players' record. He doesn't have a great players' championship record, but but it's trending. It's trending nicely. 
Um, he went from two missed cuts to a 57th to a 22nd in 2019. Uh, so on the way up, but, but that was two years ago. Like, think about how much better of a player Tony Finau is now than he was two years ago. Uh, I think he's a much, much, much better player. And I think you're right. You know, I mean, his, his strokes gained approach, his, um, plus for DraftKings, he's number one in this field last 24 rounds in DraftKings points scored. I like the Finau play a lot. Uh, and maybe, maybe people, I don't know, maybe people look at the, at the, at the history and kind of go, that's kind of tough. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll go to Cantlay or maybe I'll go to, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I like the Finau call. I do like it. Um, all right. Well, I think that kind of covers the nine K range. I think that's interesting. Let, let me ask you this real quick. If you were going to play one of the first timers, uh, ball strikers, Morikawa or Hovland, which one are you going with? Uh, I'm going with Hovland. Despite Morikawa's recent victory, I'm still going to go with Hovland. Hovland's freaking meltdown on the weekend. I, I what I that that is really strange to me. The the meltdown at Bay Hill. I mean, he shot like 66, 67, and then he shot like 77, 78 or something on the weekend. Absolutely terrible. I think the conditions probably got to him a little bit. He's not going to see that this week at the players. I think it's going to be totally different. Um, I, I just feel like yeah, I think, it's a close call. I, think I, 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 I just feel like Hovland's a much better putter, for one. I know you're not looking at putting stats, so that's not something you care about. But he drained some absolutely ridiculous putts throughout the week last week. So I'm uh, I don't know if I'm I'd more say on Hovland. much better, but he's better. I think I lean Hovland just slightly, a little bit of a little bit more distance, a little more pop in the bat as well for old Vic. Uh, all right, let's move on. Before we do, I got to tell you about a really cool thing: two free months in the Nut Hut. How does that sound? How would you like two free months in the Nut Hut? Okay. If that sounds pretty sexy to you, then hold on to your britches because we've teamed up with our friends at Monkey Knife Fight, which is there. It's legal in 38 states and all of Canada except for Quebec. Is it Quebec or Quebec? Quebec. Hell if I know. I like to say Quebec. We have plenty of Canadians in the YouTube chat, so one of the Canadians helped uh, that phonetically help me out with that. Anyway, it, it's legal in a lot of places. Okay, Monkey Knife Fight. Great stuff on Monkey Knife Fight. We've been, we've been having a good time with it since the fall. Kind of a new way to play, new way to bet on some golf, new way to have some fun with the golf action every week. All you got to do, here's what you got to do. Sam, see if you can find that caption. You go to playmkf.com slash nuthut. That's the landing page for this new, this new thing. You can get two free months. And this is not like a contest or a drawing. You do this, and you're going to get two free months in the Nut Hut, okay? So here's how it works. Go to playmkf.com slash Nut Hut. You're going to go through that page to sign up for Monkey Knife Fight, create a new account. You're going to make a deposit. You get a deposit bonus as well, up to $50, up to $50 deposit match. And then you're going to play a real money game. So just play, some, play a game. Play something. Have some fun here at the Players' Championship. When you do that, Monkey Knife Fight will notify us, and then we will send you an email to the email that you signed up with on Monkey Knife Fight. We'll send you an email with a special link in it, and you will be able to sign up for the Nut Hut and get two free months. Now, just think about that. You, you time that right, and you get the Masters, you get the PGA Championship, you get some big weeks 
in the Nut Hut. And let me just tell you, the Nut Hut is a blast, okay? Now we have a full-time PGA Tour caddy in there, leaving special info and little special treats in there for everybody to know about the golf course and about all kind of fun stuff. John Radhouse is in there, Caddy House, who was in uh, on the show last week. He'll be in the Nut Hut this week, dropping some intel. So, um, you know, take advantage of the Nut Hut. There's good stuff going on. Tons of sharp listeners in there. Tons of people winning money in there. And it's just tons of fun, tons of laughs. Hell, you could join Pat's Army if you want. You could go worship Pat on, in your downtime, which is the weirdest. Yeah, don't forget the general nonsense. Weirdest use I mean, of time I've ever thought I've ever. It's, anyway, um, you could do all that. So go to playmkf.com slash Nut Hut. Go through the steps. Now, listen. Don't do it, and then as soon as you do it, email us. Don't do that. They will let us know when you've completed all the steps, and then we will email you within 48 hours with your link. Now, if it's been after 48 hours, you're welcome to email info at tourjunkies.com and make sure you ask for Pat. He's our customer support guy, is Pat. So there you go. That's a fun contest. Two free months in the Nut Hut. Two free months. No, Pat, I'm just kidding. You're not. Everybody knows who the puppet master is in this joint, okay? All right. Let's get to the 8K range, Pat. Uh, this is an interesting range. I, you know, um, there's a lot, lot going on here. I don't know that I'm a huge fan of the 8K range. It starts with Scotty Scheffler. You get uh, Florida boy Berger Hideki, who was leading this thing in 2020 before the world crashed. You got Jordan Spieth, Terrell Hatton. Paul Casey, Sung J.M., Matt Fitzpatrick, Adam Scott, and past Players Champion, well, actually two past Players Championship champions and Adam Scott and Jason Day rounding out the bottom end of the 8K range. What are we going to do here, buddy? What are you thinking? Give me two tournament plays and a fade. Well, I'm going to start with our boy Hideki at 8,700. I do like him this week. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that I came on to late last week and uh, started off incredibly bad, but he finished very strong. Had a, uh, you know, if he hadn't doubled 18 on Sunday at the API at the Arnold Palmer, he would have had the best round of the day at two under, I think, or at least tied to the best round of the day. So it's hitting the ball. Absolutely fantastic. I think, you know, Hideki obviously showed last year in the first round that, you know, well, in general, he has played this course very well. Um, So at 8,700, I think his ownership is also going to be relatively low. I like Hideki. And then everybody knows I'm a big course history guy. But I'm going against the course history this week, and I'm going to play some Jordan Spieth at 8,600. Oh, he has been so good these last four or five weeks in a row. When you talk about his approach game, now off the tee, not so great. Hot I garbage. get that. Yeah, I get that. Putting has been absolutely fantastic, though. His ball striking is getting better. Um, you know, you look at. His, you know, scrambling, his approach play. I mean, just the last 24 rounds, he's in the top 20 f- in the field and strokes gained approach, which was the biggest thing we kept talking, or one of the biggest things other than off the tee, which is, we, I just mentioned, still a problem. Okay. But his approach, his approach play is definitely better than it has been. And here's what I like, too. Like, he's never, I mean, I couldn't even believe that he hadn't played, you know, the API before, that he hadn't played the Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill. I mean, that was I, I just that was a shocker to me because he plays a lot of Texas events. That's where he's from, and so he's kind of you know some of the Florida events he's taken out of his schedule. But I like the fact that he had the WGC off, 
and then he played last week. He played well. So not only did he come from the West Coast, where he was already playing well, to the East Coast on totally different Bermuda, a different different weather, all that kind of stuff, and he still played well again. I like that. I mean, that just shows that his game is coming into form. And, you know, I, I think it's good that he played last week leading into this week. So, and we haven't seen that for him at the TPC. You know, that's maybe why his form has been, or he hasn't played well in the past. I don't know, but I like him. 8,600, I will play some George Spieth. And then my fade is going to be Adam Scott at 8,100. I know he's got a great history here, but outside of that, his form has not been very good. You look at the stats. I mean, he is, I mean, across the board, it's pretty terrible. I mean, I think the best, he's 68th in the field in strokes gained approach. That's the best you're going to find. Wait, wait, sorry. He is 65th in greens and regulation. Okay. Other than that, he's in the, like the bottom third of the field in every stat that I'm going to look at. Fairways gained, ball striking, bogey avoidance, putting, whatever, par five scoring. It all sucks. So, Adam Scott, I will fade him at 8,100. All right. The, the, the Spieth rant was a, was a long one. Um, I checked out a little bit. I, I, don't know, I don't know what I'm doing Spieth yet, so I'm just not going to comment. I was on him last week, and he had a good week. He just sucked on Sunday, which is what he's been doing. So, he's got to put four together. All right, I'm going to start off with my fade. Let me, let me tell you a little story, okay, about a guy who's 92nd in strokes gained approach, 94th in opportunities gained, which is that scoring stat proprietary to Fantasy National. How many times they hit it within 15 feet uh, on the green or on the fringe in regulation or under to score, right? 94th in that category in the last 24 rounds. Now, here's what's ridiculous. Um, Oh, by the way, he's never played here before. His name is Scotty Scheffler, okay? It's really a value thing for me. For Scotty, I think the value is not is is uh, is ungood. You know what I mean? That's a technical term. Is he, that a that is he's, a, it's ungood? I've never heard you say ungood before. I just it just came to my brain right there, right then and there. It's uh, he's eighty nine hundred. Okay, look at the betting odds for Scotty Scheffler. He's fifty to one. Okay, he's fifty to one. Let me name some names in the eight K range and their odds. Well, first of all, you got Jordan Spieth at 30 to 1, but he's only 30 to 1 because the books know there's a bunch of suckers out there that want to bet Jordan Spieth, so they're going to shorten the number. That's neither here nor there. Daniel Berger, 33 to 1. Terrell Hatton, 35 to 1. Remember, Scotty Scheffler, 50 to 1. Paul Casey, 40 to 1. Hideki, 40 to 1. Tommy Fleetwood, 45 to 1. Jason Day, now we're talking. Jason Day and Matt Fitzpatrick, 50 to 1. Scotty Scheffler, 50 to 1. To me, the value, as soon as I saw the price, I just said, too much for Scotty Scheffler, too much for a first-timer, too much for a guy with a little bit of volatility in some of the ball-striking categories, and I don't like to see it. You don't have the value. When you have the names that you have below him, I don't want him. So I'm with you. I'll make this short. I like Hideki. You guys know I love to play Hideki. I'm going to roll with Hideki bot. I like to see the game coming around a little bit like it was uh, at the Arnold Palmer, like you said, except for that 18th hole. So I'm with you on Hideki. I'm going to go to a guy who doesn't have a great record here, but lately he's been playing pretty freaking good, and he should have a good record here. I don't know why he doesn't. It's Paul Casey. T10 at the Arnold Palmer, T5 at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. The, the Brits, Paul Casey, the ball-striking Brit, checks the box and strokes gained approach. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't... 
it, it's not an impressive record at, at Sawgrass for sure. But I think I might get a little leverage on him, and I think he's he's been playing really, really well and since really last summer. So I, I think Decky and Casey for me, Scheffler's the fade. I like a few other names in this range too, so if you hit us up in the nut hut, I'll, I'll tell you a couple others I like, but uh, those are the two I think I like the most right off the bat. All right, let's get to the 7K range, try to, try to work through this, uh, this jam-packed 7K range. A lot of value here. I got to say, I don't love... I meant to kind of say this up at the top. I don't love a lot of names in the 6K. I like, I really like one name a lot in the 6K. And then I like two names some in the 6K. And then there's like three others that are like bearable. So I'm going to, you know, in terms of lineup construction, I'm going to see what I can work with. But I feel like I'm going to try to keep a lot of things, you know, in between the, the lines here in the 7K range. And one of my favorite plays in the 7K range is at the very bottom, and that's Chris Kirk. So I'm going to jump around here a little bit. I'm going to hit you with Chris Kirk at 7,000, who's playing really freaking good right now. If you're not paying attention to how good Chris Kirk is playing, and one of the best stories on the PGA Tour right now, his recovery story, just kind of battling to keep his card, 16th at the AT&T, 8th last week at the Arnold Palmer, and he's actually got a pretty solid record at the Players' Championship. He's, making a, he's made a lot of cuts, finished T12 in 2017, T13 in 2015. Um, you know, I, I, I love the value. I love the, the made cut. It feels like a safe made cut at 7K for Chris Kirk, which I, I really, really like that. Uh, so I'm going to go with Chris Kirk. A, a name that I want to throw out there because he's one, of my, he's one of my favorite recent plays. I played him last week. I feel like it paid off at 7,300. Lonto Griffin, but it comes with a caveat. I put this in the nut hut. I put this in the nut hut on after Thursday's round. Lonto made a comment in an interview after Thursday's round that he's having a little bit of a hip and thumb issue. Okay, hip and thumb issue. He talked about it in a round and basically said uh, prior to Thursday, wasn't really sure he was going to be able to go, uh, which definitely alarmed me for like showdown and alarmed me because I had him in a lot of lineups anyway for all four rounds, but he ended up doing okay. Last week, he made it through all four rounds. He did fine. The irons continue to be very solid for Lonto. He finished T 21 at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, he, he's quietly been a very solid ball striker and has a lot of good performances, uh, here in the last eight to 12 months. So Lonto Griffin, for me, is another one that presents some value. Now, he's a first-timer, but he, pre- he presents value, and I think he actually gives you top five upside. I mean, he's a PGA Tour winner. I think he could win. I mean, if Siwoo Kim can win at 500-1, Lonto Griffin can win. But I, I think he legitimately gives you top five, top ten upside in a strong field. I don't think he's afraid of it. And I'm trying to give you some value here. So I'm going to go Lonto. And then if I work my way up more towards the top, I mean, I guess... I'm very tempted by another first-timer, and that's, that's Joaquin Neiman at 7,700. I just feel like that's a really good value for a kid like Joaquin, who I feel like has come into a, a different, tapped into a different level, you know, tapped into a different level. I feel like his, his avocados have gotten bigger. You know, he's a big avocado guy. I, think, I feel like his avocados have grown. We've watched them grow before our eyes here in the last few months, you know, just contending, uh, contending week after week. Incredible ball striker. Um, hits it a long way, can flight it down in the wind if he needs to, if the wind changes. I, I love the wind equity at Lonto, that Lonto, or Lonto, 
that Neiman gives you at 7,700. So I'll go with Joaquin. The fade for me is going to be, I'm trying to make a bold fade call here, is going to be Max Homa. And I hate to say it. I love Max. I love, love him. Love the guy. Just hit him at 70 to 1. His seventh tournament in a row, which we mentioned that with Will Zalatoris, with our boy Brett Swedberg, seventh event in a row. Now, even last week, I said, man, this is his sixth event in a row. That's a lot. And he still finishes well. Good for him. But the iron play does seem to be diminishing as it has in the last couple weeks. The irons have kind of gotten a little worse. He's been saving himself a little bit with the putter. It's his first time here. Last week, he gained eight strokes putting. That is not typical for Max Homa if you look over the long term. Eight strokes putting, tough to keep up with. If I'm looking for a bold fade, I'm going to fade Max Homa in his seventh event in a row in his first time at the Players' Championship. Wow. Okay, so there's some agreement here uh, and a little bit of disagreement. And i got to start with Neiman. Um, so I'm going to skip off of him because I liked him as well. But here's the thing. You mentioned avocado. And I have, a, I have an issue with avocados. Like when oh, I go to the grocery store avocado. and I'm trying to pick out an avocado, like they're always too hard. Like I can't ever find an avocado that's just soft enough where I can take that avocado home and cut it up immediately. Like why oh, should no, no. it like they need they need to make the avocados in a section. There should be the left side should be like the hard avocados and the right side should be the softer ones that you can take home and cut up immediately. That's a problem I have with avocados. And I just yeah. it's just a an avocado is a planned fruit. You know, you got to plan for a fruit. You can't be procrastinating with an avocado. You got to, you know, you got to sit down and say, hey, uh, on Wednesday, today's Sunday, on a Wednesday, Wednesday, I want something with a little avocado in it. I'm going to write it in my planner. Hey, Siri, remind me to go buy an avocado. And then you get that thing. You leave it sitting out on the counter. Don't put it in the fridge. Leave it on the counter. Let it, let it ripen. That's what you got to do. But sometimes a grocery store will put a little barrel of, of some squishy cottos in there. You just I mean, I just I wish they could segment them out just a little bit better. Maybe but send, anyway, uh, send Joaquin a slide into his DMs on Instagram and ask him if he's got any tips for you or something. Yeah, I don't know. But I do like Neiman this week. I'm with you there. I am not with you on Max Homa. I like him at 7,600. You know, look, the guy's just been on absolute he fire. Has. He's on a tear right now. He it's has. so hard for me to fade him. And I don't necessarily think that uh, his ownership's going to be that high. I mean, yeah, he'll probably be 8 or 9% or whatever. I don't care. I like Max Homa. I like how he's playing right now. So I am all in on him and uh, not fading him like you are. Chris Kirk was my other guy at the bottom down here at 7,000. So kind of surprised you, you, you stole him a little bit out of all these 7K guys. Um, but another guy that's just playing absolutely fantastic. Checks all the boxes here as far as the stats are concerned. Has a good course history here as well. So I do like Chris Kirk and then Christian Bazudenhout. I like him also at 7,100. We saw him play last week. And let me hear, let me tell you something that's important about that. You may not remember this, DB, but Ol Cibes actually finished in the top 20 of the Arnold Palmer last year. Okay. Before and played really well before everything shut down. And then guess what he did in the first round? of this tournament last year four under he was seven under he was two shots behind hideki he was in second place after his first round last year so the same thing i'm kind of hoping that history repeats itself you know he played well last week maybe he's going to do that again this week hey but look pat joe uh joe joe keps wants a cbez song and i do feel like 
I do, you know, you gave us the Wyndham Clark song last week. I do feel like if any player deserves a song, I I think I agree with with the O is silent Joe Kepps that Cbez okay. is deserving of some sort of ditty. A Cbez ditty. How I can do this? Let me do. It. I feel like Christian. I feel like we need to get down low for Christian, and we go Ooh. Christian. Because he's got two A's in his name, Christian, and then we go with a bazooning hat, Christian, bazooning hat. <laughs> you better bring your putter <laughs> and avoid the bogeys. Seabass, Seabass. Did, did the dude did the songs? Seabass. Did the songs you listen to have rhyming words in them? Because every time you make up a song, ain't shit rhyme, nothing rhyme. You ain't had a rhyme in a song. No, I'm not looking you for a rhyme. To, it's more like a. I like to bring rhymes. in some churching. I like to bring in some churching. Into churching the rhymes so too, like, man. Church songs rhyme. No, they don't. They that just sounded have, like a do. Disney tune. You've been watching Disney or something. That was that well, got weird. Told, I mean, end. you never. T- I never knew I was going to have till five seconds ago that toes, I was going to sing a song. You got to have a song in your heart if you're going to play Seabez. What are we even doing here? We're not. We're not amateur. This is an amateur hour. You're going to play Seabez. You better pony up. Have a ditty. I mean, he had two A's in his name. That's what I thought. I thought I was starting off well. Anyway, I'll go back and listen. Maybe it's I don't better than care- I thought. I don't care about the rhyming. What I also care about is not playing Justin Rose. Now, this is not a bold <laughs> fade at all, but Justin Rose, did you do he? I didn't even know he withdrew from the tournament on Saturday. I didn't even see that. So now I didn't have any of them because that's probably that's so that's probably why. But apparently, he hit like thirty balls in the water on Saturday and then then decided back hurt. But apparently, it's not hurting anymore. And he is playing this week. So uh, Justin Rose is going to be my fade. Look, this is for all the people out there, the new listeners who aren't really paying attention. And you see Justin Rose and you remember how, he, how good he was like two or three years ago. Don't play him, okay? Thank me later. I know that's not bold, but you can thank me anyway. Don't play Justin Rose. So there you go. Justin Rose is going to top 10. All right, uh, let's get to the 6K range. I think this range is pretty cut and dry for yours truly. Uh, I mean, what can you say about old Keegan? The guy is striking balls as good as he's ever struck balls. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I for one, am a Keegan. I, I hate his setup and his golf swing because he bends his knees too much. But dang it, I want him to be good because I love his ball striking. I just, it gets me, I feel it down in my, in my, um, your loins? In, no, what's the thing? What's the line? Well, for, in my plums. I feel it in you my feel plums. feel it down in your plums. God, his ball striking. So when I look on Fantasy National, it's just one long green tower of strokes gained approach tournament after tournament. I feel it in my plums. I want to take them to the market. Anyway. You want to sell those plums in the market? I want to sell them to the mar- <laughs> in the market. Dang, but my man gained some strokes putting last week. He gained strokes around the green. God, I mean, I just want the upside with that approach play, Daddy. God, so Keegan Bradley at 6,900, Daddy likes. And then uh, I'm going to go to Emiliano Grillo, who's played this place very, very well. And another guy, just like, he's he's like Argentinian, Argentinian, Argentine. 
one of those, uh, Keegan Bradley. He just strikes it really well. Can't putt. Keegan Bradley. He's not Argentinian. I said Emiliano Grillo is Argentine Keegan Bradley. Oh, he's like the Argentine yeah, yeah. Keegan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like that's what he is, and I like him. He's got a good record here as well. Um, I'm not going to – I promise I'm not going to say for like the sixth week in a row I'm not going to say Brendan Steele, even though I kind of like Brendan Steele. Uh, but – a guy that I was on last week, I had him in a lot of tournament lineups with Patrick Reed, is Bo Hoke at 6100 almost bare minimum price, Bo Hoke. Guess what? If these greens do putt like Bermuda, Bo Hoke got you covered. If they got a little bit of POA, guess what? Bo Hoke, he got you covered. If it gets a little windy, he got you covered. Finished 26 at the API, 32nd at the Genesis, 36 at the Waste Management, 18th at the Farmers, 16th at the Amex. Basically, Bo Hogue came out of 2021 ready to play some golf, and at 6100, I kind of it's a it's a crazy move. I think the upside's maybe a top 25. Top 25 in this field would be huge for him. It's a crazy move, but if you're playing in a big tournament, and you want to go super low, 6100. I'll give him to you. He's not one of my favorites. But I'll 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 go Bo Hope. That's it. Okay. Um, I don't mind that. I am with you on Keegan. I like him at sixty nine hundred. But also, where the hell is Charlie Hoffman at? Where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? I'm going to take some Charlie Hoffman once again. Sixty eight hundred this week. I liked him last week. He is another guy. Look, been in great form. Is uh, you know a ball striking machine, which I love here. I think Charlie Hoffman is just like I love the fact. I talked about this last week that he was injured and and screwed everybody, but then you know what he did? He just kept playing and kept playing good. And you know what? He finished top ten last week. He has a kind of a spotty course history here, but I still think this is a great course for him. So Charlie Hoffman at sixty eight hundred, I will play. I mentioned Keegan. My other play that I like is Johnny Vegas at 6,300. He is another guy. We saw him in good form. Should have won, or could have won at least, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico yeah. Open just a couple weeks ago. Checks the box also in ball striking, greens and regulation, and par five scoring. And he was third last year here, or 2019. 2019. Yeah. So I think that old Johnny Vegas at 6,300 oh. gives you a, a very good cheap option to play well on this course in good recent form. So. There you go. How about I got to throw out one name? How about Gary Woodland at sixty eight hundred right now? I mean, that mm. doesn't feel kind of crazy. It scares the hell out of me. I mean, it, it scares does, me but too. But I mean, man. I mean, it just yeah. I don't know. We got to uh, we got to work that one out. That one feels weird. That one feels really weird. All right, Pat. Uh, that's it for the DraftKings preview. Be sure and check out the betting preview if you've not already. Uh, we're going to go talk some sportsbook odds, have some more fun over there, probably more, maybe more singing. I don't know. Or maybe Pat doesn't give us a Seabez play so he doesn't have to sing again. Uh, that was a more complicated song. I would pay you $100,000 if you duplicated that song on the betting preview show exactly like you sang it, which you won't. Um, yeah. Check out the Monkey Knife Fight promo. Get the two months Nut Hut membership for free. That's pretty baller. And yeah, let's have a great week, guys. This is a big week. It's 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 not a major, but it's major. Uh, it's major in the DFS streets. We appreciate you listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. Don't forget to leave a comment in the YouTube channel, if you will, please. That would help us out a lot. 
tell us if you're going to weigh putting at all or just tell us what you think about Pat singing every week, if we should make that a regular segment. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. Pat, you good? You ready to go talk some betting? Yeah, let's talk some betting. I'm out. All right, maybe, uh, maybe, we, maybe we can channel our inner Ryan Burr. Um, let's go do that. Thanks. May your screens be green. See ya.